Ladies and Gentlemen, welcome to the best podcast in the world. This is the Strength and Skills Podcast. This is your host, Nick Tibusek, and with me is a very skilled man today. And as we are the Strength and Skills Podcast, today is pretty much about how to get strong in a very, very specific skill. And the skill that we are talking about today is the handstand. And with me is the one, the legendary. <laughs> no pressure, no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> This is, most people may know him from Instagram, Ulrich Onhead. Thank you for that amazing uh, introduction. I can't beat that in any sense of way. Well, I'll just try to live up to it then, I guess. I, I give my very best. <laughs> so, um, for those who may not know Ulrich, shame on you. <laughs> um, you are into the, the journey of handstands as a person who may have... Yeah went into that journey pretty late in life. Yeah. And this is actually something why I had to have a conversation with you about that because most of the people who listen to this podcast probably didn't grew up in a circus school or something mm. and they maybe just saw some handstands somewhere in the age of in between 18 and 30 yeah. and thought, I would like to learn a handstand. And then they went into the into the journey, mm -hmm. and maybe just probably they stand on their hands already. So Hopefully, yeah. most of the people do that already. Mm -hmm. So this is gonna be a little bit about how to get better at it, yep. and how to get actually better at it without getting injured. Good idea. Yeah. And uh, maybe some little strengthening exercises because one thing that I learned from you and your stories is the the most essential thing about handstands is spend fucking time on your hands. <laughs> That's that is absolutely the most important stuff. The most important stuff about getting strong in dips and chins is to do fucking dips and chins. You don't get away from it. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> it's the same thing with handstands. So, um, there are several injuries that happen to people in this area. Um, do you have a history with that? Uh, yes, let's talk about them. If you want to talk about injuries first, uh, the most common problem with uh, handstands as a beginner is that people are not used to spending so much time on their hands. Mm -hmm. So, it's uh, and maybe they don't really understand how to hold the proper form. They usually think they can, but they usually cannot. Uh, and 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 then again, the, the problem is that the shoulder leans over the hand, and that makes your wrist take a lot of the weight of your body mm -hmm. uh, in a in a kind of brutal angle if you're not used to it, and that that takes a toll on your wrist basically. So wrist injuries are common among um, people who are strong, but they don't know proper form. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I guess that's similar to other calisthenic skills as well. Like for example, planche, you lean pretty much over, and people might mess up the wrist yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It happens pretty often yeah so that's the most common problem with with, uh, with injured uh, injuries and handstands other is the shoulders because they take a serious beating uh, everything like the most important muscle to develop is everything that stabilizes your shoulders in shoulder flexion mm -hmm. but if your form is is good and you're working the right stuff then that isn't uh, injuries hopefully won't won't happen to a certain degree Uh, like if you train a lot and you're going to a higher level, you will spend much more time doing the stuff that we're training and then injury risk goes up when you're spending thousands of hours doing something. You mm -hmm. will injure yourself sooner or later. Probably every athlete at a very high level who's been doing it for a long time have had injuries. Uh, That's normal. Overuse injuries, uh, most likely. Yeah, it's, it's common. Absolutely. Yeah. So for you as a guy, you're pretty tall. Yeah, unfortunately. Oh, how how tall are you? One ninety. One ninety. That's that's 
especially when it comes to handstands, where, where what is a bodyweight skill? Everybody is always like, yeah, if you're big, you're gonna have big problems. Yes, you will. <laughs> <laughs> But on the other hand, how long are you doing handstands now? Uh, I've been training for a bit more than seven years. Seven years, okay. And my prediction is if I were 20 centimeters shorter, I would be at a much higher level than I am now. Because it is brutally more uh, hard for your body and your nervous system. And it's also harder to perform the skills that I am uh, with so, so much uh, height. Mm -hmm. Same thing with the planche. If you have 190 and you do a planche, you're a fucking brutal monster. If you're 160, you can possibly sleep in a planche. No, I'm just joking because planche is brutal, but you get the point. Yeah. <laughs> It's the same thing with balance. A tall shape is much harder to balance than a short shape. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. I, I, I can tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do stand on my hands, not as good as this guy here, but <laughs> I'm, I'm close as big as you. 189, uh, 80, 86. Okay. Yep. So, um, yeah, I, I know that feeling. Yeah. Um, but I don't stand on one arm, and that's something you can definitely do. And you, I think you also have different shapes on one arm. Yeah, yeah. And that's my practice: one arm handstands and the different variation there. Yeah. Mm. What What's your next goal on that? Um, now I'm working most on uh, figas, which is a shape where you kind of twist your whole body. Explaining a figa is impossible. Google figa handstand and, and you will see what it is. It's a messed up position where you twist your whole body uh, when you are on one arm. Okay. And I also work on flags. Uh, most people can possibly relate to it when you bring your whole body onto one side mm -hmm. um, and variations there. And then also one arm press. Okay. Mm. So actually all of that, what you do probably needs a lot of strength in yes. the shoulders. Yes, absolutely. Mm. Especially when you begin heavy. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. What's yeah. your body weight? Uh, around 88. Okay, so still pretty heavy. Yeah, yeah that's that's pretty heavy for a hand balancer. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, so in in that in that case, so you you're training a lot on one arm. Yep. You're heavy. You're big. Yep. You need strength. Yes. So. Most, most of the time you probably do stuff on the hands to get stronger there. Yes, yes. But is there also some stuff you would absolutely recommend to people to never forget? So some absolutely yes. go-tos. Um, and especially for your audience, which are probably relatively strong uh, guys who train a lot of, of uh, calisthenic strength, uh, what's usually underdeveloped uh, in relation to hand balance is overhead flexion. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not the strength in itself that's the most important but the mobility uh, the strength in the absolute end range of shoulder flexion because usually people are stiff uh, in the shoulder joints mm -hmm. and that makes it feel much more uh, much harder th th than it would if you are more flexible yeah. so there's two ways to view hand balance like you have the super flexible uh, women who can do all the brutal moves but they're using flexibility to make Uh, to make the move so efficient mm -hmm. so, so it doesn't actually demand that much strength even flags even one arm presses they can like find a way to flexibility a way around it it's ridiculous you can see some russian people and they just looks like snakes when they're moving around in one arm uh, and then there's the other um, uh, if you're not that flexible you need more strength mm -hmm. so you have to compensate with uh, the stiffness with strength Uh, so instead of thinking that beginners need a lot of strength to become better at their hands, they should develop specific mobility in their end range in overhead flexion. Mm -hmm. And to make that happen for a beginner, like working on two arms, uh, a tuck handstand is one of the best exercises that you can do to develop uh, that specific strength. So if you can imagine uh -huh. that you're doing a, a, a two-arm handstand and then you're pulling your knees down, like an upside down squat basically what this does is that it forces your hip to come over your shoulder and when your hip comes over your shoulder uh, your shoulder can either plunge or uh, go the other way yeah when you plunge you will it will get super heavy because then you're you're going towards a tuck plunge yeah um, when you go the other way it forces you to push taller up into shoulder yeah. flexion Uh, and that develops mobility in, in the end range of the shoulder. 
Yeah, because you have to stabilize exactly in that area. So that would be would it be a good combination to to do some bridges too? Uh, maybe, maybe not. It will have to be done very specific with a specific shoulder position. Yeah, meaning that you would need to. Um, go narrow with your hands possibly more narrow than people are comfortable with and and focus a lot on keeping straight elbows yeah um tuck facing a wall will force you to, to open up the shoulders in a more relevant way so uh -huh. i would um focus more on that That's and after you train tuck for a while the normal handstand will feel like a holiday because it feels like a handstand times two or three um, if you're new to handstands and you want to improve your alignment so it doesn't look like a banana it will most likely feel more heavy for you because you're you're then forcing your end range of shoulder flexion but then when you tucked for a while uh, then you're you're forcing shoulder flexion even more than the straight position and then you can go back to the straight position and boom oh i can sleep now in the straight handstand yeah that's how it goes there we go so more relevant than doing strength work with weights and and something that's not inverted you will most likely find an, a way in a handstand to practice which gets more relevant. Mm -hmm. Like finding variations of chins to make you stronger in chins. Of course, a biceps curl every now and then might be uh, to get some extra volume, but that's not the main focus when, you, when you're supposed to get strong in chins. You, you do more chins and you Absolutely. do different rep ranges and, and different tempos and stuff like that. All right. Yeah. Um, I mean, you... you for for all the listeners Ulrich lives in Europe from Oslo yep and he lives in Vienna now for pretty much a year and he trained at Das Gym where I train too and that's why I saw his training pretty often yeah. <laughs> and I saw you doing lots of also not 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 lots of but you did it um you did your kind of strength training Yeah. As an addition to all the handstand stuff, and there were a lot of stuff that was definitely not very specialized, but mm. from all that I saw, it was most of the time really stuff. It was healthcare in the end. Uh, yeah, I did some. Uh, I usually when I do strength work, uh, I warm up my rotator cuffs. Yeah, because when you are doing handstands, your rotator cuffs are really important to keep your shoulder externally rotated, which is the main position in handstands. Um, and which also used to be underdeveloped by most people uh, and for me I've had some uh, some problems with my rotator cuff so I, I did it both as a, a prehab and mm -hmm. also a rehab exercises yeah. to, to make sure that they are, are doing what it should be yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's not something I would generally need to recommend to people uh, because when they are doing normal strength training And if they are doing proper form and have a proper program, they have a lot of rotator cuff work uh, already. Uh, and when you're doing a good form handstand, you should also externally rotate, which also will involve your rotator cuff enough. So yes, it's a good supplement, uh, but but it's not like very important. Mm -hmm. uh, before you saw me do that, I did like three and a half hours with. Uh, handsome practice and I just did like two sets here and two sets there before my normal strength training so it was mm -hmm. not a big part but you always showed up at the gym where I was doing the rotator cuff exercises all the time all yeah. the time and I was always like yeah so I understand that you got that impression <laughs> <laughs> for, for those who don't know Ulrich used to do two sessions a day I think it was the, the yes. handstand and the later on the strength training yeah and I usually come up later in the day <laughs> and I always see the strength training. <laughs> That's when I just woke up from the sofa. I've been like having a one hour power nap after uh, three and a half hours, uh, one arm has some practice. And then uh, warming up into like strength training. <laughs> <laughs> It's perfect. Yeah. How, how does your typical strength training look and what would you recommend to people to do to get better at handstands but maybe staying also fit in a pretty I understand the question uh, and I think the, uh, for me personally I don't view my strength training as something I do primarily for the handstands mm -hmm. I do it because I need to fucking lift something heavy every now and then turn off the brain and just go mad uh, that's because my man. I like that I like the simplicity of just 
putting a heavy weight in your belt and, and lift yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, because handstands is a lot of thinking, it's a lot of analyzing, it's a lot of feeling and everything. But, but lifting chins, yes, you have to care about form and not be a completely moron. But in the end, it's about fucking lifting yourself and just, mm -hmm. ah, listen mm -hmm. to heavy music. Uh, and that's something uh, that appeals to me. Uh, so uh, something that can have a positive effect on my hand balance is the pushing overhead strength. Mm -hmm. uh, because now I'm, I'm doing, I'm training towards a lot of heavy strength moves, which like the one-arm presses, and then everything will help you a little bit. Mm -hmm. Especially in some big guy, so I need to develop volume. Mm -hmm. So I need to, to uh, develop my tricep and my delts and also my rotator cuff with additional work that doesn't tax my CNS as much as doing the brutal uh, handsome work in itself. Of course, of yeah. course. But for most beginners, that's not the way to go. Um, do handstands for handstands and do strength training for strength training. If mm -hmm. your goal is to get strong, then, then do the stuff that you need to get strong at. If you want to get uh, bigger muscles, then, then do, uh, do strength training for that purpose. Mm -hmm. If you want to get strong at handstands, then do tucks, do straight handstands, and spend a lot of time in handstands. Mm -hmm. and, you th and maybe th uh, most people think that handstands is just about kicking up, standing straight, and that's, that's the goal. That's not the goal, that's just a tiny little start. Um, that's when you start to train other stuff. Uh, kind of like people thinking that when you can do a one rep chin with body weight, mm -hmm. then you have done all the chins. Mm -hmm. That's just a fucking start. Yeah, Put yeah. some weight on your belt, start with front levers, do, do one arm stuff, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just a tiny little start in a really big world that people don't see because there's so few people who trains one arm handstands in a normal gym. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just, you're opening a world exactly. into a new universe. Yes. And the thing is that that universe is so big and complex and people don't know about it. Um, hand balancing is, uh, most people think it's, it's just something you do to, for fun at the end of your session or just as a warm up before you do other stuff. But you can spend three, four, five hours only training handstands mm -hmm. and not doing the same thing too much. Mm -hmm. It's so big and complex world, um, and there's so much it has to offer if you're open for it, and and yeah. and it will demand a lot of nerding. You you can get strong uh, with less hours in normal conventional strength training than you can with hand balance because it's so technical. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I, I see the same passion in your eyes about that that I have about my own sport. Yes. And that's something that I always love to see in, mm. in the eyes of people because you need to have a passion in life. Totally. There, there, need, there needs to be something like that. Yeah. This is actually something... We, we, I think we had a chat about something like that mm. in, in the gym once. Yeah, and and um, we did like the, one of the first time that I saw you when I did some ring ring stuff for fun when I first met you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And it, and that that was the moment when I knew, okay, this guy, he's so into this. We're just on the same wave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally, totally. I remember that. <laughs> That's so well. It's All right. Um, so when when people want to get better in handstands mm. um, or maybe start into handstands would you recommend to have something like a kind of a general strength level because I, I just tell you why I asked this question because yep. from what I see um, oh, we often have people who start with us mm. and they can't do a handstand mm. and We, we lead them into training and they get stronger and stronger and stronger mm. and then usually they come up I want to want to learn a handstand mm. and then you bring them into the direction okay this is how how you develop your first maybe 10 seconds 20 seconds because that's pretty easy mm. to get when you have a strength base yeah sure, th sure. Th that's what that's what I saw with myself mm. when when I started Standing on hands, I think that must have been around 2016, 2017, something around there. And I was already training for like 
four years or something. Mm. And it took me just, I think, six to eight weeks to stand wow. on my hands in between 20 and 30 seconds. May not be the best handstand in that's, the world. That's but pretty good. Uh, that's faster than the average people do. Exactly. And that, mm. this is why I'm, I'm asking this question because... Mm. That's what I saw that people who have a general strength base, they mm. know their body usually a little bit better. Yeah. Um, they learn it a little bit faster. Uh, th that might be. Uh, I think that like if you have been exposed to s stuff that stimulates your body, you get uh, you might get benefits of, of understanding how your body works a little bit better. Mm -hmm. that, that might be. Uh, I don't. I haven't read science on it, but uh, it it makes sense. But still, if a person comes to me and says that I won't learn handstand, you will have to be pretty basic weak um, if we choose to not start doing handstands. Mm -hmm. um, and like, if you can do five push-ups, then you're strong enough to uh, like. Then you have enough base strength to start handstands, mm -hmm. in my opinion. If you can climb up the wall and stay there for 20 seconds. That's something to build on, yeah. Okay. But the most uh, important is the relation between strength and flexibility. You can be the strongest fucker in the gym and don't have a chance to do a handstand if your shoulders are equally stiff. Yeah. Which is normal. You see that in, for example, CrossFit people. They are they are very good conditioned. They can take a beating, but some people cannot uh, straighten their elbows when they have their arms overhead because they're so stiff. And then they can't climb up the wall and stand close to the wall without feeling like dying after 20 seconds because you're so stiff that it, it doesn't matter how, how strong you are in, in push-ups or dips or whatever. If you cannot lift your arm over your head without feeling like you're about to die because it gets heavy. So the first thing so that's is not, not strength. Yeah, mm -hmm. learning is actually the mobility not the flexibility exactly. learning the mobility yeah. maybe by developing more flexibility and then bringing in the yeah. strength there uh, and you can do that by doing accessory exercises but preferably you're doing both so we're starting your session by trying to improve your shoulder flexion once you have opened the shoulder flexion and have improved it a little bit then you do a handstand directly afterwards because then you gain mobility when you spend time in the new developed range of motion Mm -hmm. So if you only stretch or only do mobility drills, it doesn't work that well as when you're, you're also uh, doing handstands in addition. Absolutely. I, I see similar stuff to that into the squat. Okay, yeah. Where people have problems with the hips and problems to sit down and all that. Mm -hmm. Once you open them up, put them into the squat rack, mm -hmm. they squat a lot better and they yeah. feel better. Yeah, exactly. But uh, And then... But you still ask them to do squats with some weights. Not no, you cannot squat for three months because you have to stretch more first. You know exactly. They they have to be exposed to the range of motion in a more direct way. Yeah, and it's not like you put a hundred kg on them and now you no. die, you do or die. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You put a little bit of weight and then they get to feeling the range of motion. They get better at technique because they get exposed yeah, yeah, to yeah. it and then they understand it better as well. So then the squat will work as a mobility exercise for the squat. Yeah, and so it's the same with the hands. Exactly. So. And then if you have a very poor starting point, you will have to spend more time doing the stretching stuff. But still, you should uh, do a lot of the hands itself. Mm -hmm. But I would start facing the wall. Because that's the most challenging. Because you get forced to, when you go close enough to the wall, you get forced to pull your ribs in. If you're getting close to the wall and you don't pull the ribs in, boom, you fall over. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. oh yeah. Or you will not be able to go that close to the wall because your chest is sticking out. Mm -hmm. But the idea is that you should push up in the shoulder. That makes you pull your ribs in. Mm -hmm. And when you're facing the wall, you have to do that if you go close enough. Absolutely. So, so that's a mobility exercise in itself for some people. And then when that gets accessible, move a little bit away from the wall and then do a tuck. Because then when you pull the knees down towards the wall, your hip comes over your shoulder. That means that you will either collapse in the shoulders or you will push so tall up in the shoulders that you're able to keep the position and you get more mobility. There we go. There we go. The magic pill for yeah. handstands. <laughs> and the fun thing with handstands that people don't seem to recognize is that 
everything you do in handstands, like if you're doing a tuck, if you're doing a press, if you're doing other shapes or different leg coordinations, it's the same strength, but it's just more or less intensity of it. Uh-huh. So everything is, is around the shoulder joint. Um, when you're doing a tuck handstand, it demands more strength in your upper trapezius than when doing a strength, uh, straight handstand. When you're doing a press handstand, it's the same thing. If you're doing a good form press handstand, it's still about everything that stabilizes the shoulder. It's just that the legs comes more out from your center, meaning that it demands more strength in those muscles to not collapse, to be able to mm-hmm. support yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some people like think that it's so much about legs or core or, or whatever they think. Mm-hmm. It's all shoulders. Shoulders, mm-hmm. shoulders, shoulders, and more shoulders. And the more flexible you are, the less strength you need in the shoulders to be able to do that stuff. Absolutely. That was complex, yes. And people are feeling it here and there, but like when shoulders are good placed, legs can move. Absolutely. But now we're on a little bit more intermediate, not not beginner talk. But that's good. Mm. That's good. I like the intermediate a little bit more because yep. the beginner, you have 10,000 of YouTube videos out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And nobody helps the intermediate. <laughs> that's a very good point. Mm. So, if you have any topics for the interme- intermediates yep. that you would love to share, bring it on. <laughs> yes. Um, tucks and more tucks. Because tucks uh, have carryover effect to everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, when you work on the tuck, you get free gains for the press handstand. You get free gains for the straight handstands. And then you can be more creative or move freely as many people want to, just do random leg coordination for fun or something. Uh, and then they have a good base to do that on. When the tuck is easy, then extend to seven. Seven feels like a, t- a tuck times two or three. Uh, if I should explain what a seven looks like, uh, a tuck handstand is when you bring when you're in a handstand and you bring your knee down towards your chest, so it looks kind of like a squat. The seven is when you straighten out the knees in that position, so your knees are completely. Is that vertical or horizontal? That that that's actually horizontal. Horizontal. So, so your legs are completely horizontal, uh, and that demands a lot of strength uh, for your shoulders to not collapse in that position. Yeah. When you can hold the seven position, then you have opened up everything that you can do on two arms. You can most likely press already because it's the same strength, and you can do all the different leg coordinations that you should need to to, to do. So, uh, if you are an intermediate. Work on straight, work on tuck, and work towards the seven. And then you will get most other uh, skills that you might have envisioned for free. That's perfect. What was the fastest development of handstands you have ever seen? And what was the slowest one you have ever seen? The fastest one was her. Uh, she, she, after uh, I met her like two and a half years ago, she's been a pro gymnast for, for many years. Uh, when I met her, she was able to do like 30, 40 seconds straight handstand. Uh-huh. Now she's at my level. What the fuck? Yeah, we are training the exact same thing. She's on roids. <laughs> no, but, but she's ridiculous. Now we're both doing like the one-on sessions and we're, we're, we're working with the same moves basically. Crazy. So that's insane. Like, I, mind blown. That's crazy. Uh, slowest is I have some some clients who are like in the 50s, 60s, mm-hmm. and they uh, are more on the hobby basis. They put in the work, but it goes very slow. Uh-huh. So they maybe been stuck for two or three years, but they still kind of enjoy the practice at the level where they are at. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, some people almost don't progress in years. And some freaks of nature, like her, are able to train one arm handstand after like half a year, a year. But that's very unnormal. Yeah, I think I think that that's very important to tell because yeah. a lot of people always think they can get it as fast as she did, yeah. <laughs> and that's it's not normal. No. Uh, and also, what people fail to recognize is the complexity of of hand balancing. Um, very uh, many underestimate how deep you need to go into the rabbit hole of understanding handstands before they can do a one-arm handstand. Mm-hmm. Um, they think that, okay, 
I can balance in straight, I can kick up, sometimes I fail, it doesn't matter, I can kick up and then I can lean over to one arm and then I have two seconds on one arm and then they think that's productive. It's completely not. Um, you will need to go very deep into understanding everything because a one-arm handstand is between 15 and 20 times more difficult than a two-arm handstand. So if you struggle even slightly with kicking up to straight uh, on two arms, and you think you still can practice productively in one arm, you're either a freak of nature when it comes to talent, which some people are. I see that in street workouts, some beasts can just randomly fall into one arm and then it looks like complete shit, but they're able to hold it for some reason. But that's not the case for most people. It needs a lot of precision. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So many underestimate the, uh, uh, how much it takes to learn a one-arm handstand. That yeah. was my point. <laughs> exactly, and I, I wanted to have you that point <laughs> because that, that that's actually what I see a lot mm -hmm. when you have like I don't know, 18 years old ch child yeah. who just 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 learns stuff like that yeah. so fast yeah, yeah, yeah. and. I mean, we don't have to talk, talk about the quality that is in the movement. Mm. I mean, most of them learn it better and better and better, of course. But there are also a lot of people who actually get injured. Yeah, yeah, sure. Mm. And I'm not talking about a small injury. Where this uh, Stuff can tear. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, when, when you see these guys on YouTube... You always think, yeah, I have to have progress like that too, mm. and it's it's not the case. That's no, not no. normal. Um, I mean, it's it's normal uh, to to use two to three years on learning a one arm handstand if you go full into it. That means that you quit doing chin ups and dips because you want to focus on your handstands because you want to complete rest for the handstands. Mm -hmm. It means that you read everything that you can read. You go to workshop. You possibly get a coach, and you most likely train two to three hours for handstands and stretching a day. There we If go. If you just do train 30 minutes after your strength sessions four or five days a week, it doesn't happen. It's not about it takes short, uh, longer time. It doesn't happen. For most people. Yeah. And everybody thinks they're like the one one percent talent. You're not. <laughs> you see as that. It's it's a little bit hard to to be like that. <laughs> But it's 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 that's 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 a hard mm. truth and the more I tell that truth the, the, the less I have to tell that to people in person, which is the hard part when people come to me because they think they want to have a one arm training session and they fail kicking up the straight and then I have to disappoint them by telling no, we have to focus on the basics and then like, oh, I just want the one arm handstand and I'm like, you're not ready for it come back in a year if you do my drills and then you might be ready to train it that's the worst thing I, I can think about because they have the unrealistic expectations mm -hmm. because they think they are at the level that they are not because yeah, for some reason they think they can just try to do a one arm handstand every now and then and they get it I have the same problem with them The yep. weighted stuff that we do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can I can do a 200 kg squat in a, in like three months. You can't. <laughs> It just doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Takes some time. Yep. And then it's the same thing like with the full planche. It's not everybody who get there ever, regardless of how much you train. Because it does demand... When you go into the one-arm level, even if you're a dedicated practitioner... It's not for certain that you ever get to that level. Yeah, that's also something that people fail to recognize. It's it's not for everybody when we are at that level. I think almost everybody can balance in two arms if they put dedication to it. Yeah, some need more, some need less. Some can just do it on one arm. It, it's not like that at all. It's yeah. extremely much more uh, complex and technical and difficult. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yes. And that's also why I don't see one on handstands anywhere. Yeah. Nobody in the gym just uh, that dicks around with handstands are doing that on one arm. No. Because you don't you don't just stumble upon a one arm handstand. <laughs> yeah. I mean I'm training in the best gym in the world and you were the only one in there yeah. who was actually able to do that. Yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> so in the end the learning is When you want to go into the one-arm handstand, 
bring some years of time with you and specialize in it you need to you're not a generalist anymore you cannot be you cannot have goals uh, like in many different fields and also expect to progress well in one of hand stands yeah it comes to certain points where you'll have to like kill your darlings like stop climbing that much stop trying to to improve your muscle ups and stuff yeah now uh, it's handstand time in the next years this is something Yeah, and the, that's the also price why, 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 why nobody does it. Yeah, because because they don't, they they think it comes easier than it does, and then when when they slowly understand that it doesn't go anywhere, they get frustrated, and then they usually quit, or hopefully they join my side and go full retard in handballs. The Ulrik handstand nerding side. Oh yes, <laughs> <laughs> which uh, I don't know. I think. There are some people on Instagram like who are the same. Uh, they, they go full hand balance and it's getting a community here and there. So I think it's more and more popular now and Absolutely. people are enjoying it. But it, it's still not that common as, for example, uh, doing the bodybuilding or, or fitness of or stuff like that. Of course, it, it probably will never be like that because that's a lot easier to access into. It's, it's at least a more uh, specific science. And I think it's also more, uh, it doesn't, I don't know, I think it's more available. Mm-hmm. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go that long uh, and say that it's much more easy because on, on, a, on a high level it's not easy at all. No, on a high level nothing is easy. Exactly. That's it. But I but think it's easier to get a physique that you can be happy with absolutely. for a normal guy. Everybody can build a bigger arm yeah. and get, a, get some abs because exactly. that, it's not that hard to yeah. get that. And it's still not a it's not a skill which like people are less motivating to do a skill because what you're going to use it for you can't show off uh, to a random people on the beach that you can do a skill or you can but you don't want to be that guy but like uh, you can be happy with your body in in on an everyday basis I guess so I think that's more appealing to most people mm-hmm. mm. absolutely. So, we, we went a little bit off topic, but yeah. still in the topic. Oh, there was a topic, I forgot. Yeah, the, the strength <laughs> training for hand balances. Okay, that's right, <laughs> yep. So, um, we talked about being specific. We learned to strengthening and rehabbing your rotator cuff. Yeah, if that's needed. If, if that's needed. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, I actually have the same opinion on that because yeah, yeah. we have the same thing with our sp- I think that's yeah, in every sport. Yeah, when you so. do it right, you probably don't need too much of mm. it. And you don't need, especially you don't need to tire it. I agree. You, you can just go through the motions and, and then you warm and that's fine. That's, that's the most important thing, I think. Unless you, you overwork something, which happens sometimes, and then you get a strain and then you have to rehab it for a long time afterwards. And I think that's also a learning we can give to the people. Yep. Injuries happen. Yes, they do. And it's it's not that you are a bad person when it happens. Uh, and most of the time it's not that... Okay, maybe that's the wrong way to say it. <laughs> <laughs> most of the time you couldn't have done anything else than what you did. But it brought you, you to, into the gen- injury. Because sometimes it just happens. I agree. And I think that it's something that people will just have to deal with. Uh, the first time you get seriously injured, it sucks because it feels like it's the end of the world. It feels, and you think that you might never be able to do it. Uh, because you feel so bad and, you, and it's so much pain and so frustrating because you love the training and you suddenly can't train anymore. But usually it goes over. It can't take months. Hopefully it doesn't take months. But it will go away sooner or later, and, and it will happen. Yeah, and yeah. some some people also have it for a year or one and a half and stuff yep. like that. It happens, uh, but then don't don't judge yourself too much into it. I'm mm. the bad person. I did it mm. all wrong. Mm. You didn't. Sometimes it just happens. Yeah. Uh, and on the other hand, yes, you can be the one who was was the guy who just trained himself into the ground, and that was the reason why you got injured. Totally. So, totally. So. 
being in the middle of that mm. is probably the best way to handle it. Yep, yep. <laughs> it's like uh, the further you go with the skill, the higher is the risk that you will fuck yourself up sometimes. Absolutely. Because you're accumulating a lot of volume and you will have to push your limits to also to continue to grow or continue to get better. And that's when you are in a, a higher risk to get strained again. So it can happen, you know. But the good thing is the higher your level gets, the better you get to know yourself yep. and the better you know, okay, here is the boredom. Mm. And if I jump over that, mm. I probably get injured. True. So I think the most important thing right here is something that I can definitely see in my sport a lot and you probably can see that in yours too, mm. is keep your ego at home. Yeah. So even if it's Just handstands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's your whole body weight on your maybe one arm. Yeah. That's still a massive impact. I, Absolutely. I, I probably, I, I just can't hold 100 kg. I'm weighing 100 kg mm. on one arm. I just mm. can't. I'm weak. Yeah, I think I would struggle with that as well. Like my own weight or one arm like I do in handstand. It's different with the open and closed chain. But I understand your point, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. So... In, in the end, my shoulder wouldn't be strong enough to yeah. do it. So that's that's something people just may underestimate in that case. Yeah, sure. Bit, and how also, much pressure it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and also when they're not strong enough to take it, they, they put it in a wrong position. And that's when it's getting more dangerous again. So when, when people are prematurely trying to do one on handstands, it, it can go bad. Absolutely. And this is uh, leads us to something that you brought up a little uh, before. Mm. Um, accumulating volume yeah. by doing some other stuff, mm. what is not the exact movement, mm. but maybe something very similar, mm. but leads to maybe more strength by not having too much intensity, which is a pretty usual approach in, mm -hmm. in normal strength training, which yeah. I would just hand balance, I, I, would, I would just bring hand balancing into that big topic of yep, strength yep. training yeah, yeah. in any case. And I think that that's something a lot of people may forget when it comes, especially to, to body weight stuff, mm -hmm. that there is an approach of I do some very intensive stuff, mm. but I can also do some kind of accessory work for that, which leads to the same volume, what leads to adaption of the body, and that doesn't kill you so fast. Yeah, but, but I also think when it comes to handstand, that's, um, that depends on your level. I, I would yeah. say like in the most beginner or intermediate level, that accessory work would most likely be either stretching or it would be mobility uh, drills or it would be easier variation of the hands and stuff that you do. Exactly. Uh, for me specifically, uh, since I'm so big, that's why I need more uh, volume on my muscles uh, because I'm also doing the power moves. And for a big guy doing power moves, you will need a big muscle. Exactly. Uh, for a smaller guy, that wouldn't be the case and it would only like refine the technique again and again and, and you will most likely be able to get it um, so I think that uh, it can apply for a press to handstand a little bit uh, for building the press strength but for most of the more conventional uh, two arm stuff um, I think it's it's better to spend most time on your hands and and accumulating different or accumulating time with different intensities so you're not just doing ducks, but you're also doing endurance handstand where you're standing on exactly. the hands for like two facing the wall. Don't get me wrong on that. Yeah. I, I was I was definitely talking about mm. being on the hands, mm. but um, maybe not the hardest variation of what you can do. Always, so yeah. if, if the hardest variation of what you can do is maybe a tucked, tucked, tucked handstand, yeah. that, that would be actually my case. Yeah. So that, that's probably my hardest variation mm. right now. Mm. I'm not actually practicing it I've got to admit <laughs> yeah, yeah. if you don't want to be handles that's fine <laughs> don't judge it, it happens <laughs> go out here <laughs> leave the house <laughs> um, 
And for, for me, uh, it, it would probably make sense to maybe adjust, maybe, maybe bring in some other stuff that is not as hard as that for me. Yeah. yeah. But maybe still spending some time on my hands. So mm. just a normal handstand or maybe some stuff at the wall. You probably could bring up yep. a lot of different exercises yes. now to just tell me, oh, Yannick, you have this, this and this and this. Mm. That will help you. And, and that's actually the case. And this is something a lot of people very underestimate mm. right here. Yeah, I agree. You have to bring in accessory work, but mm. it needs to be as specific as possible. Yeah, totally agree. And also that people think that when something is easy, that they, they end up not doing it, especially the boring stuff. Mm -hmm. For example, that when people can balance freestanding and uh, maybe not even... Um, Uh, what do you call it uh, when you can do it every time consistent David I'm getting tired uh, when people are, are not completely uh, consistent with kicking up and finding control they usually think that uh, I can do straight handstand I don't need to do handstand facing the wall again so that's when, when they are, don't get enough volume so facing uh, wall handstand is a good way to get more volume on your hands mm -hmm. yeah and, and people usually are getting lazy especially when they're closing up on the intermediate level uh -huh. so they just want to do the fun stuff which is balancing freestanding and doing freestanding stuff and then they forget about the different ranges of intensity that they need to build enough volume yeah so I, I agree on that okay so for everyone who's doing normal strength training this is pretty much what you do after your heavy pulls pull-ups chin-ups whatever you do um, doing some rowing work maybe some sure. some 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 butterfly reverse stuff maybe some curls that that's actually exactly the same but on a handstand specific way i agree and that that's what people may forget a lot in that topic yes they just want to do the one arm negative pull up yeah. instead of uh, and then they forget about the normal pull up and yeah. and, and the rowing and the bicep curling and it's all part of it yes exactly <laughs> and now we're coming to a knowledge that works yes absolutely so i think that that's very important yep. to, to tell people that's actually the strength training of hand balances yep and then then the, the fun things comes up because it comes to a point where you think you have maxed out your goals in handstands and for example nick uh, you don't have very specific goals in handstands then I understand why would you spend so much time on it. You don't. You need to spend time on it if you don't want to dedicate yourself to, uh, to, to getting better at it. Uh, as a calisthenic athlete, I guess that there's no really point in it. So it comes to a point where you need to like decide do you want to go deeper into the handstand world or are you satisfied with uh, just training handstand so you can do a handstand push-up, for example. Then you don't need to spend all that time to do all the other handstand stuff. You can focus on generating strength where you want to get stronger instead. So Absolutely. I don't judge people who don't do tuck handstands because it's hard and it's not necessary for just getting to the straight handstand. But if people want to explore hand balance, not just handstands, then that's then this conversation is more relevant in, mm -hmm. in general. Mm -hmm. And now we are talking. <laughs> and then comes the commitment part. Absolutely. Do you want to get better at handstands? Better than just kicking up to a straight? Mm -hmm. mm. Oh, shit. Yeah, I do have some handstand-related mm. goals. Cool. I would, I, would, I would actually like the German word is Schweizer. You know that one? It's a Stoller Press. Pretty, I think so, yes. Uh, when you're sitting like this and then you press up? Yeah, or yeah, yeah pretty much. press. All right. That's cool. That, that's something I definitely want to learn cool. one day. And a strong plunge and a strong tuck and good pancake mobility. That's what you need to do that. I'm on it. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, mm. loads of handstand push-ups. Beautiful. Because I love the, the power work. Yeah, but that's just... Come getting strong and learning the technique and like you are already strong so you just need to to, to, to learn the form on it I guess that's pretty much the stuff mm. yes awesome 
So that's more handstand stuff, not hand balancing stuff. <laughs> exactly, that, that's more uh, the, the street workout uh, re- relevant Absolutely. strength and uh, power stuff. Absolutely. Mm. So because I, I want to fight the beer in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> that's good. Okay, cool. Um, do you have any last very important? words to tell the people about improving their handstands on the intermediate level? Uh, yes. Uh, you might think it's not the shoulders, but it is the shoulders. Doesn't matter what we're talking about. If it's in a handstand and something is off, it's your shoulders. And it's most likely your shoulder mobility or the ability to pull your ribs in, which comes from the shoulders. And that's the answer to why it's, you, your handstand looks like a banana. It's the answer to why a tuck is heavy, and it's the answer to why you cannot press most likely. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's very common that people blame core, they blame uh, legs or whatever, but it's your fucking shoulders. Push harder. <laughs> I have one last question. Mm. When people have their wrist and forearm problems, mm. what's your favorite go-to thing that you tell them? Uh, I try to figure out why they have the problem uh, and and many times it's because their form is not good in a handstand so when they are doing handstand it, it uh, takes a much bigger toll on the wrist that, that, uh, than it needs to. Then I tell them that they need to get the weight more into the middle of their hands because it's usually in front of the fingers mm-hmm. and that's when you're using your fingers more excessively than you need. Mm-hmm. So if you're finger heavy you need to push up tall from the middle of your hand. Uh, and that takes a lot of the strain away when you're doing handstands. So it should feel like uh, your wrists are not completely dead when you're training handstands or, or after you've been doing a few sets. Um, other thing is always warm up your hands before you're going upside down. doesn't matter if it's just a show off to a friend that you want to impress or it's a session. Spend some time on your knees, put your hands on the floor and move around and, and do some articulations of your wrist with, with the, the hand position like a handstand. Uh, and those two usually fixes the problems or make sure that the problem doesn't occur in the first place. If you have fucked up your wrist, then I would see a specialist who will tell you if it's better to rest or, or give you some specific rehab exercises. Mm-hmm. That specialist will need to look at your specific hands, not uh, just tell you something over a podcast. That's my advice. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Thanks for being in the show. It was fun. That was fun. Thank you for having me. That was great. <laughs> I think we have to invite you again. Thank you. I love to come. The day will come. So, for all the listeners, if you want to see want to hear <laughs> this Norwegian yep, Norwegian Norwegian yep. crazy way too tall for handstands guy um, again in our podcast just shoot us a message let us know if you have any questions regarding handstands and all that stuff I think they can contact you yeah sure where do they can uh, they can check out my Instagram Ulrik on hands um, and I'm pretty active there. Uh, also, I have a web page if you're interested in coaching or something like that. Uh, I have like two, three weeks waiting list now, but yeah, if you're interested, rickonhands.com. Perfect. I love that. And if you struggle doing that, you can also contact the Strength and Skills podcast <laughs> on Instagram <laughs> and we probably lead you there. All right. Awesome. Enjoy your journey on your hands.